0: Welcome to The Animated Journey, a podcast featuring interviews with animation professionals working on television, film, and games. I'm your host, Angela Ensminger.
1: And I'm Jeff Schutze.
0: How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing good. Very good. Yeah. I can't believe that it's already December. Ugh. It's nuts. Yeah. You know what I was thinking of the other day? I was thinking of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Because I have the poster on my cube wall, and I was looking at that just going, wait, didn't we just go and see this movie? Weren't we just in the theater for this movie? And when now it's did we been in see 10, it? December.
1: No, we saw
0: it in December. We saw it two weeks before it came That's out. That's in insane. Oh I know. Gosh. So much has happened in a year.
1: Uh, yeah, what a difference a year makes.
0: Ah, it's nuts. Yeah, yeah. So, I was just at forward. the
1: uh, Beverly Center mm-hmm. yesterday, and I walked by the Apple Store, and I wanted to go in, but I was afraid, you know, of like seeing some of the people and like being awkward. But I was like, yeah, that was a year ago. That uh, could have been my path. Yeah. But then, Bojack, can you talk about your news yet?
0: I'm going to wait. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wait. But it's good news. I'm very yeah. excited about it. So I'm going to wait, and then we'll, we'll talk about more stuff. And make sure to submit your questions for our 100th episode Q&A Spectacular. So if you have any questions about the podcast, about the show, about the animation industry. We would love to hear your questions, so please send them our way. Our email address is contact at theanimatedjourney.com, or you can leave a comment on our Facebook or Twitter or Instagram page, and we will cover as many questions as we possibly can. But you know what else is cool news is we interviewed Joy Adams.
1: Yeah, that was great.
0: Mm -hmm. So at the time of our interview, Joy was a recruiter for DreamWorks. But since then, she has actually switched jobs, so she is now a recruiter at Netflix. So, this interview took place while she was still working over at DreamWorks before she went over to Netflix. So, we're focusing mainly on Joy's journey from college to working at Nickelodeon to DreamWorks. But you can always contact her on LinkedIn and ask more questions about Netflix over there because they're just moving and grooving over there. Oh,
1: yeah. And there's still so much good information in that interview. It doesn't matter where she was working.
0: Yeah, because a lot of the things that she talks about, no matter what company you apply to, it's really good advice. Because Mm -hmm. recruiters, I mean, they know. They know the directors. They know the producers. They know what the studio needs. And that's the main part of recruiting. If you guys remember from Ariel Goldberg's interview... Uh, Way back, I believe that was episode 50. Whoa. So it feels like a lifetime ago. But one of the things that Ariel had said was they're trying to find people that will fit best with the team whose skill set fits. And that's no exception for DreamWorks or with Netflix.
1: Yeah, it's so true. I can't wait to listen to this one again.
0: Yeah, so this is very good information. So without further ado, we're very pleased to present episode 98, Interview with Joy Adams. So Joy, it is an absolute pleasure (laughs) having you here today. Thank you for joining us.
2: No problem, Angela. Anything for you. Aw,
0: this is special. (laughs) So we always like to start off with where people are from. So where are you from?
2: I am from Virginia, Virginia Beach, Virginia. That's where I grew up. Born in Ohio, but grew up mostly in Virginia Beach. Lovely city.
0: (laughs) All right. And as a kid, were you interested in books and movies and comics and cartoons, or did that come later?
2: Probably that came later, probably in college. I think college is when I found like that group of friends that I could like really open up to and stuff like that. So college, one friend of mine in particular, we would watch probably like five movies a week. Like we just watched tons of movies. And yeah, so but as a kid, I did read a lot as a kid, but I was a very quiet kid. So I don't even remember what I did. (laughs) But I know I was quiet and just kind of you know, <laughs> hung out and tried to be a good kid. <laughs> that's
0: good what I tried to that's, do. that's all a
2: parasol. <laughs> exactly, I think right? you're
0: probably the perfect guy. <laughs> oh, no, I don't know about that. She's but... to herself, she reads a lot. Exactly. She's schools. school, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> so that was me. Fantastic. So where did you go to college?
2: So I originally went to Virginia Tech, I was there for two years, and then I realized that what I wanted to do wasn't there, and so I had to transfer to a school that was only, like, 20 minutes away called Radford University, and that's where I got a media studies degree, and the emphasis was production technology. So I stayed at Tech, like, my roommate, I stayed with the same roommate for almost all four years, and, like, I still worked at the Tech bookstore, so my experiences were at Tech, but I got my degree from Radford.
0: Interesting. So were <laughs> so y'all we an apartment, or...?
2: Yeah, yeah. So my first two years at Tech, I was in a dorm room and had the same roommate. And then I went to Radford, had this really interesting experience with this one girl in a dorm. And I was like, no, I can't stay here. Uh, So then the next year, actually my last year of Radford, I went back to my original roommate and lived with her. And uh, yeah, so but it was Virginia Tech's an awesome school. The school spirit is amazing and i had a lot of fun at radford in my classes so i feel like i got a great experience basically from two schools
0: excellent mm. and what is mm-hmm. production technology entails? is that
2: yeah like,
0: <laughs> and lighting or like you know, journalism like what is that exactly?
2: yeah i don't even know if it's like a degree anymore but basically it was a more hands-on approach to learning like editing and filming and things like that we had a at radford they had or have a small studio, and so some of our classes were like broadcast journalism. And so, if you had a journalism student and then our production technology student together, we would like do I don't want to say we would basically do shows together. So we would learn the like multicam system and editing and being a technical director. But then the journalism students had to be the ones that like came up with the stories and did the investigation and stuff like that. So. That's what I remember. Okay. <laughs> it was a long time ago, Angela. Why are you asking? Me? <laughs> That's all I got. That's all, all the memories I have of college. Okay. No. okay. i'm <laughs> Just to, kidding. To pull
0: like, one more out of this. Okay, so, yeah. So while you were in school and after school, mm-hmm. so were you thinking that you wanted to work on the news side or reality television or mm-hmm. like scripted tv did you know where you wanted to go
2: yeah no so that's how I ended up going to grad school after undergrad but I do remember in Virginia Tech I think it was my freshman year if not my sophomore year I do remember the person or the moment that I knew I was going to go in entertainment because I went to school as an undeclared student. But there was a director by the name of Chris Eyre. I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. But he is a Native American director. And he came and spoke. And he talked about how, why he was a filmmaker and how he did it for his people. And he wanted to, you know, just educate the world really on how Native people really are. And then I was inspired. I was like, cool, I'm going to do that for black people. And I'm just going to, like, make documentaries and, you know, films and tell the stories that, you know, I want to see on TV. So that was the moment that I knew it was going to be entertainment and then it took a little while to figure out how to get to animation but we'll probably talk about that later so <laughs> <Very laughs> that'll cool. probably come up <laughs> yeah
0: so then let's talk about grad school so then you decide okay, okay yeah was it more of, I want to get more education so I can make documentaries or how did that work out
2: Unfortunately, it really was just like, I don't know what to do. And I remember thinking, I'm not going to have health insurance if I don't go to school. And the school was down the street from my parents' house. So I was like, I guess I'm going to grad school. And that really is how that happened. <laughs> that sounds really bad.
0: Insurance is No
2: one make important. that <laughs> type of decision. Yeah. It was before the whole, like... That's how old I am. It was before Obama, so like you lost you know, insurance as soon as you left college. It wasn't until you were twenty six and all that stuff. But yeah, that was kind of the decision. But I also wasn't quite sure still where in entertainment I wanted to go to. So I went to the went to that to grad school. I majored in producing for cinema because I knew that I wasn't meant to be like a writer or even just like a camera person or anything like that, but I was a very organized person and my main goal with entertainment was to really just help people get to where they wanted to go, like the people that had the visions and the stories, like I wanted to help them make that possible because I didn't have those stories, but I wanted their dreams and everything to come true. And I knew I was an organized person. So that's where the producing aspect came from.
0: Wow. And on behalf of all artists, everywhere, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Because a lot, of, a lot of artists are organized. Mm hmm. A lot of artists are not. So we very much appreciate people that are very organized and steer in the right direction. Yeah,
2: yeah. So that's kind of where I was like, okay, cool. In this grand entertainment business, I feel like that's where I fit in. At least at that moment.
0: Where did you go to grad
2: school? (laughs) So there is a school in Virginia Beach called Regent University. It is a Christian private school. And I actually did not finish (laughs) the grad school because I never should have gone um, it just wasn't the right atmosphere for me. I don't know how much you want on your podcast, but the guy who started the school, his name is Pat Robinson. He's like this televangelist and he's crazy. Um, so I knew not to go there, but then I also, again, was like scared about health insurance, which should not have been a scare. But anyway, so I went to the school. I wasn't as religious <laughs> as everyone that was there. I was extremely conservative. I actually went there when Obama was, Running, and so that was very interesting because they were not in support of that. I did purposely wear an Obama shirt every day just to see what would happen. So maybe I went to grad school for a social experiment instead of (laughs) education. Um, But it was very, very interesting. I probably should not tell too many stories, but it was an interesting time going there during his election. And then I realized after four years, I was not happy there. All I had was my thesis, but I it just—it was I was miserable, so I left. But I actually left to do an internship in Boston at WGBH. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, they're the studio that pretty much does most of the programming you see on PBS, adult or kid. But I, through Regent, knew that I didn't want to do live action because every time I was on a film set, I was like, this is boring. like you just sit around and then for maybe 10 minutes you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off and then you're just sitting there again while things happen so like live action sucks and (laughs) so um, but I knew I wanted to do like I by that time I'd gone I was like I don't want to do like documentaries I want to do like children's programming and family entertainment because why I was going to grad school I was working at our local PBS station in the mornings basically just watching the programming and making sure that Everything went smoothly, so I was watching Sesame Street and Mr. Raj and all that stuff. I was like, this is the type of programming I want to make, you know? This is the stuff that, like, I will always think about even as an adult. Anytime you talk to someone, they're like, oh, remember that show when you were a kid? And I just like the bonding you have over family entertainment. So when I realized I wasn't supposed to be at Regent, I, again, interned at WGBH in the children's programming department. And they do Arthur and Curious George. There was a show called Martha Speaks at the time. And so those were all animated shows, and then I was like, oh, animation. Like, you can do that and, like, not be able to draw a stick figure, which I can't do? Great. Sign me up. So that's when I learned about animation, but I couldn't stay in Boston because there was no jobs, and so that's why I moved to California, and I'll let you ask me more questions after that explanation (laughs) (laughs)
0: because I kept
2: rambling. No, that's not rambling.
0: What I like about your story, we've uh-huh. talked about this yeah. before, <laughs> you know, off mic at lunches and whatnot, mm-hmm. is that when you realized, oh, I should do this instead, mm-hmm. you did it. Yeah. <laughs> because a lot of times people don't. And it's so it's fine mm-hmm. if it takes a while. Like, sometimes it can take a couple years to realize it. But I really admire the fact that, mm-hmm. you, that you realize, oh, I don't want to be here at this school. Mm-hmm. I want to be doing this. I don't want to do live action. Oh, I want to do children's entertainment. Okay, where are the jobs for children's entertainment? California? Okay, I guess then I should move. Rather yeah. than going, oh, <laughs> it's out there. Oh, oh well, I guess I'll just stay here and do something else. So I, I admire the fact that you were willing to, to leave and go oh, where you needed to be.
2: thank you. Yeah, people, especially when I was moving to California, people were like, yeah, weren't you scared? And I was like, well, I mean, I'm, I'm very much a have-to person. Like, if I need to do something, I'll do it. And for me to work in animation, I had to move to California. So I was like, all right, cool. That's what I'm doing. So, But yes, I definitely am like, once I've made my mind up, I have to do it and, and I go for it. So. <laughs> yeah,
0: Real quick, because I know yeah. a lot of folks on the East Coast have considered this too. Did you ever think about going to New York possibly or up to Canada to work in animation as well? I know the markets are still there, yeah. but was that ever a consideration?
2: That was. I mean, when I was in Boston, they definitely said like, you know, New York or California. In Virginia Beach, where I'm originally from, it doesn't snow a lot. And so when I was in Boston, they had a huge snowstorm and I didn't know what to do. It was like the worst thing ever. Snow just kept getting more and more and I'm shoveling. I'm like, why am I here? I've never had to do this before in my life. So when I thought about moving to New York, I was like, well, I'd have to deal with snow and I hate it. So that's why I chose California. So, yeah, that's really the main reason. Because I love New York. I really do. But I hate
0: winter. I don't like winter. <laughs> I used to live in New York. And I, yeah. remember, being, I remember my friend called me from <laughs> Texas. She said, it's 50 degrees. It's so cold. And I literally looked at the phone and went, it's 19. Yeah. And she goes, oh. And I said, yes.
2: Yeah, no. You don't want
0: to hear my complaints, do you? No.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People think because I'm from Virginia, I'm used to like cold winters and stuff. Yeah. And But honestly, the weather out here is very similar to what I grew up with. Really? So. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know why this little pocket of, like, Hampton Roads gets really nice weather. Sometimes it's nicer there than it is in Los Angeles. So, I'll take it. (laughs) So, that's why I couldn't move to New York.
0: Yeah, my only experience with Virginia is, you know, Arlington, Virginia. And it does snow. Oh, yeah. So, when I think Mm, Virginia, I know that's a different (laughs) spot where you're at. But I just assumed, oh, yes, all the East Coast gets snow except for Florida.
2: No, no. (laughs) Yeah, once you go past, like, Richmond, Mm -hmm. we get more of the, like, North Carolina, South Carolina weather, which Uh, is... That not as cool. cold that which is cool. nice all right so then you move
0: out to california <laughs> yeah. how did you do it how did you, oh, you gosh. make that
2: trick? so we'll start back in boston so the internship that i did was completely unpaid um which i think is the reason why they gave it to me because they're like you're willing to move to boston for no money to work in animation i was like yeah i just want to do this so i was in boston but i had to work a lot and i was working at starbucks okay. and I just got a lot of support from the people around me. My parents have always been parents who are like, do whatever you want. Like, you know, some people have parents who are like, no, stay here, blah, blah, blah. My parents are like, as long as you're happy, that's all that matters. So I just remember talking to my mom. She's like, if you're going to move to California, just pick a date on the calendar, circle it, and that's when you're moving. So I had done that. I actually chose my birthday. And then I kept telling people who were close customers of mine that I was moving and everyone was so supportive. I actually got money from customers. I oh, got wow. basically my first month's rent from customers. Uh, so be nice to people because <laughs> randomly they'll just think you're a great person and want to help you out. Also one of my story, when I was in Boston, I was telling a regular customer about my move and how I was just, you know, I'm going for it. The guy behind her heard me talking about it. And when he got up to me and he was like, I think that's great what you're doing. You know, it's really, really brave. I want to help you. I used to make movies in Los Angeles. So I want to give you all the names that I know in Los Angeles so you can call them. So I feel like all those things was like, okay, this is meant I'm supposed to go to California because it all keeps like going in place. Also, when you work for Starbucks, you can transfer um, stores. So I had a job coming out here because I just transferred Starbucks. I also found the perfect roommate when I moved out here. Like we had so much in common. The rent was crazy cheap so it all just came magically together I feel like that's probably very very unique to my story but you know if it's meant to be I think it's meant to be so that's how I got out here (laughs) with a job and support and and things like that to to get
0: started that's amazing (laughs) it actually warms my heart I I admire people that come out here and the struggle is real and it's hard and I'm not saying for you it wasn't because I know yeah there's been a lot but it's also nice to hear oh The power of kindness. (laughs) And people were kind and helpful and encouraging. Yeah.
2: It was really random. One customer just, like, handed me a wad of cash. He was like, thanks for everything. And I was like, are you serious? (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, yeah, I feel very, very lucky. And that's when I knew, like, I was making the right decision.
1: Did you Mm -hmm. drive out? I
2: did. So I miss my old cars, my favorite thing in the world. But a friend of mine from my Starbucks, actually, she and I drove – from Boston to Los Angeles, it was cool. We went Boston to Virginia and I spent my birthday with my family and friends and then I left Virginia on my birthday and I think we did five days across the country and honestly, it was one of the most life-changing trips that I've ever had. She and I were like bawling our eyes out at the airport when I had to drop her off but it was life-changing for both of us because actually she was in a place where she didn't know what she wanted to do, you know, go back to school for nursing or go in another direction. And one of our favorite places we stopped on our road trip was early on, but it was Nashville. And she ended up moving to Nashville probably like a year after our trip and has lived there and and done really well. So we both attribute our road trip to that, to that, you know, for our lives being so good so far. That's great.
0: (laughs) Everyone should take a road trip.
2: It really was amazing. I actually wish we had done a little bit longer so that we could really enjoy some more cities. But... We had a deadline to get to Los Angeles, but we drove no more than 12 hours a day. So we got to do some fun stuff along the way, which is cool.
1: Fantastic. (laughs) Was it a self-imposed deadline, or did you have a prospect out here that you needed to get out here in time for?
2: You know, I think it was self-imposed, okay. or it could have been Starbucks. I don't remember. <laughs> it was a long time ago. Right. <laughs> I don't know why I keep putting my hand over my mouth because no one can see me. But uh, <laughs> <You're> lying, <ladies laughs> exactly something I do. Um, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of the way we we planned it. So right. mm-hmm. Cool. very
0: good. So you came <laughs> out yeah. here, yeah, working at Starbucks. Uh huh. You got your apartment. You got your roommate. Yes. What was the plan?
2: What was the plan? Well, what, well the plan was because I had those contacts. Mm-hmm. So the guy that had said, you know, he wanted to give me the names that he had out here. He gave me his email. So I immediately emailed him when I got here. Took me a few tries. I did have to email him a few times before he responded with those names. I got six names. I reached out to all of them. I probably heard back from probably five of them. I know there's one person that never responded. So five of them responded to me. Um, I met in person four of them and probably talked on the phone with the other one. And out of the four that I met in person, I got two jobs. So one person helped me get my first and only live action gig (laughs) really solidified that I was meant to be in animation. But I actually was an office PA on a NBCU project. And I won't go into much detail because I don't believe in being too negative because you never know who's listening. But it wasn't for me. It was a very hard experience, but again, it solidified that I was supposed to be in animation. And then the other person actually, he put my name in for the Paramount Page Program, and that was, and I got that position. And so I was working at Starbucks and being a Paramount Page, um, both part-time jobs. And the Page Program is where I got basically my friend group now because um, it's a very interesting experience being a tour guide on a movie studio and you bond really quickly with people. And so, uh, yeah, I went from start Barista to Paramount Page and I knew right away that I wasn't meant to work at Paramount, but I kept the job because it was in entertainment and I just did a lot of networking on the side, you know, while I was working. So,
0: How yeah. long is the Page program?
2: Um, It's really up to you. I think they... It's gone through some iterations as a program, but it really was up to you. Like, you got in, and I think they maybe capped you at like two to three years. But the idea was that while you're there in the studio, you meet various people, you work hopefully on a desk once in a while, and you know, and get that experience of being on someone's desk, like an executive assistant and stuff like that. And then, you know, you, because you're there, you have access to the HR team and they coach you through like your resume and stuff like that. And so, I have several friends that have gotten jobs going from page to executive assistant and you know moving up that way so it really just depends I was only a page for not even a full year and a half I think it was like a year and four months before I got my first gig at Nickelodeon but yeah it just depends on where your path takes you
0: I'm impressed by how much the page is memorized because I've been on a tour we had a wonderful tour guide oh good he knew everything yes about everything it was very impressive Uh uh-huh so yeah, the it's They all memorize.
2: It's really it was, it was a really fun experience. I mean, it's grueling. It really is. But the way they train you, it's two straight weeks of just like information, 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 shadowing tours, and then just like giving tours to each other. So after the two weeks, you really know probably like a half inch thick book of information on like the industry and Paramount and stuff like that. And then the fun part of the Paramount tours, you really just make it up as you go mm-hmm. and you cater it towards your group so you just ask them like what movies are you into why did you come to paramount and then you listen to that and you like pull the facts that you think they will like and that becomes your tour so every tour has been different i'm pretty impressed that i was a tour guide because i'm honestly if we go back to the beginning i was a very shy kid quiet kid so the fact that i talked for two hours and entertained people was very surprising to me (laughs) that i did that well but it was fun
0: i wonder Mm. how many people go from that to realizing i could Yes. (laughs) the improv yes <laughs> and comedy this is just one part of the yeah
2: show. yeah I mean we definitely the, the amount of interest that the pages had reigned the gamut like definitely had some actors that were you know Paramount pages people that were like I'm gonna be an executive one day of a studio you know there was only probably a handful of us that were pursuing animation at the time but yeah everyone's interests were very varied.
0: Excellent. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk now about networking because you mentioned <laughs> you networked a lot. So yeah. what did you do and how did you do it?
2: Yeah. It's a lot simpler than people think, but a lot of people ask me that question. It's so funny. So like with the six names that I got, I really just sent them emails. Um, every email was pretty short. Um, it was like a sentence of who I am, how I got their information, that I really wanted to learn about them and that I was available anytime, anywhere to meet them. And that's really like three, four sentences at the most. And you just got to be genuine about it. So I really just reach out to people. The way I got from Paramount to Nickelodeon, my first job, I every time I meet with someone, I ask them, instead of, I always tell people, when you meet with someone, don't ask for a job or don't ask, like, you know, keep me in mind for jobs. Ask for names. That's, I think I probably got that from my mom. So anytime I meet with someone, I'm like, is there anyone else you think I should meet with? And so I always get more names. And so a friend of mine who I knew from grad school was out here, and she was telling me, you know, you should meet this girl I, I met who works at Disney. So I met her at the studio, and she actually invited someone from her production with us to lunch. And so when I left the lunch, I asked them both. I was like, yeah, do you guys know anyone that I should meet with? And the other girl that was, you know, in a prompt to invite, she... Gave me two names at Nickelodeon, and so I reached out to those two people. Again, my name is Joy. Got your name from, and you know I'm open to meeting you anytime. And so I met with those two ladies. I don't know, am I allowed to say who they are? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, Amy Wu and Kelly Gardner. Yay! Yay! They're both they're both, both amazing, amazing women. But I I met with them twice. I think I met with them both one time on like a Food Truck Friday. Actually, I do remember <laughs> that Food Truck Friday at the studio. And then, I think individually, another time, like for coffee. And, of course, during that time, I'm applying to anything I've I've found. And so I saw the receptionist position open at Nickelodeon. And it had only been posted for like an hour. And I remember a recruiter at Paramount said, you really have to try to be early when it comes to applications. Um, You want to be one of the first, like, good hundred people applying because... 800 people are probably applying to that job and recruiters can't, can't get to all of them. So if you see a job posted and you see when the timestamp is, if it's been recent, you really actually have to apply quickly. You can't like wait and like think about it and all that stuff because you might lose your chance. So I was remembering that and I saw that the position had only been posted for an hour. So I immediately applied and then I immediately emailed both of them separately, Amy Wu and Kelly Gardner. And I got a call for you know a screen call and then I got an interview, and then I got the job. And I do remember Vicky saying that she'd asked Amy, you know, what she thought of me, and Amy apparently liked me, which I feel really lucky, and that's how I got that first gig in animation.
0: That's wonderful. I love <laughs> yeah. that. I love that. You took the time to meet people mm-hmm. and really get to know people. And that yeah. wasn't just about, hey, can you get me a job? But no, I just want to meet you as a person.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I And I say that to anyone who talks to me, I... I really stress the fact that you have to be super genuine, and you really do have to not just ask about, you know, how can I get in, but just ask about them and their story. And I always, and I don't want to make it sound like I'm very calculated when I talk to people, but I really like to just ask personal questions as well. I remember meeting this one woman, we just talked about her gardening and stuff like that, and I think she actually is one of the people that got me that PA gig for NBCU. So, you know, I just like to talk to people about what they want to do and who they are and how they got there. And so that's what networking is to me. It is not going to parties and Mixers and finding a group of people that don't look intimidating and talking to them. That's not how I network. I reach out to people and have coffee with them and just learn about them.
0: That is smart. (laughs) It's Very smart. if you remember, if you want to share, mm-hmm. how did you approach the interview? Because that's something that makes a lot of people nervous, mm-hmm. going in for an interview and knowing how to present themselves. So you words know, <laughs> wisdom for people out there that are about to go on interviews. Yeah,
2: you're talking about so my Nickelodeon interview? Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I I don't remember being that nervous. I just remember being super excited about Nickelodeon because I have this i'll share this story as well but i had been to a lot of different studios know, i met the girl at disney i'd been to like dreamworks before and i remember when i went to nickelodeon for the first time i took a picture of the lobby and i posted on facebook and i was like i'm gonna work here one day because i was just so excited and obviously i knew the brands and all that stuff so i don't know when you walk into the nickelodeon lobby and it's colorful and then vicky fenton who's the one i was interviewing with is like the most welcoming person ever i don't remember being that nervous but I was just passionate. You know, I just told her, like, why I wanted to work there. And, you know, I told her a little bit about my story. She also just explained the job a lot more than I thought she, that she would. So I don't remember it being, like, a very grueling process. And it was just, I don't know, it was just a warm interview. And so I felt comfortable to just be, like, myself and, <laughs> and share whatever. That's yeah. very good. So then you
0: were the receptionist.
2: Then I was the receptionist.
0: Right. How long were you a receptionist? <laughs>
2: I was only a receptionist for nine months. (laughs) What's really cool about Vicki Fenton, if I can give a shout out to someone else, is I remember when she gave me the call that I got the job and she was like, you know what, I know that you probably won't be our receptionist for very long. Someone's going to scoop you up right away and I am totally in support of that. So even before I started, I knew that I was was allowed to basically look for another job while I got there, but yeah, I was a receptionist for nine months, I think, Basically two months into the job, I had realized that I loved it there and I really wanted to get to know people more. And as receptions, of course, you can't get up and wander around and stuff like that. So I had decided I'm going to meet as many people as possible and have lunch with them. And so I actually made a list of all the names of people that I had met that I really wanted to have lunch with. And I just started reaching out to people and learn their stories. It ran the gam- Like it didn't matter what department they were in or anything like that. It didn't matter if they were a high up executive or, you know, an artist or something like that. I met with a lot of people. <laughs> and so, yeah, nine months later, the Loud House uh, needed a PA or an executive assistant and a PA. And I interviewed for it and I got it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. and then you
0: were, so were you like an EA slash PA at first or were you solely the executive assistant?
2: solely the executive assistant hoping to be a PA that did not work out but yeah I was the executive assistant for the show Mm -hmm. yeah I was
0: just wondering because I know at least at Nick and I've seen this at other places where a lot of times you're an EA but you end up doing a lot Mm -hmm. more than you might like as an EA for like a live action show so you might end up getting to do some things with script or some things with production or whatnot. Yeah. So I wasn't sure if for you it was the same yeah. kind of deal. Where it's like, hey, I guess what? You get to wear five hats. Yeah,
2: you know? yeah. You know, it varied. I think – because I think the plan was maybe to make me a PA uh, yeah. down the line. I think what happened for me and why I kind of stayed in that EA role – maybe a little bit longer or whatever, is I came in right before we launched. And so there was a lot for me to do, like planning the launch party and stuff like that. So yeah, I and I also, sadly, very early on starting that job, knew I didn't want to go into production. So I also didn't push to become a production assistant as much. Very early on, I was watching what the PAs did. I was watching what my coordinators did. I was watching what the line producer did. And I was like, oh <laughs> that's what you do you know you don't know until you're in it and i was like oh i can't do that <laughs> i will die if i stand in front of a computer all day and do that but more power to the production people like you, you guys are the ones that make the shows even possible but yeah I, I sadly learned really quickly that i wasn't supposed to be in production so i enjoyed my time as an ea I mean, I feel very lucky about my time on Loud House. Very, very lucky. But because Nickelodeon and just animation industry in general is so nurturing... I continue to just, like, do more networking. Even if you have a job, and I tell this to everyone, even if you have a job, you have to keep networking. You know, you don't stop once you have a job and just, like, things happen to you. You have to let people know what your goals are constantly. Not in, like, a way where as soon as you get a job, you're like, okay, how do I become CEO? You know, like, (laughs) because no one's going to support that. But, you know, just as you get to know people genuinely on your crew and your bosses and you do a good job, you know, over time, just let them know, you know, what next steps you are thinking about. You ask questions, always ask lots and lots of questions. I feel like that's when people really want to help you is if you seem curious and you just seem passionate about where you're at. And so I just feel very lucky that I had a job. I was at the company I wanted. I just needed to find the right department slash show or whatever for me. And because people are so nice, I just kept meeting with people. And that's when I met the recruiter, Ariel. Arielle. And I was like, oh, what he's doing seems a little bit closer to what I what I need out of a job. So that's how that happened. <laughs> okay.
0: So then what was it about meeting Ariel and mm-hmm. learning more about recruitment that made you go, oh, mm-hmm. this, this is what yeah. I want to be doing?
2: So I realized why I didn't like production is that when you're on a show, that's all you know and that's all you think about and those are the only people you know and think about. And having come from being a tour guide at a major studio where I have to know everything, and then going from receptionist where I got to talk to everyone, I mean, I had lunch with all the VPs and stuff like that, I realized that I want to know what's going on for the whole company. I'm that person that was constantly reading the emails from Viacom, like, oh, so this is what's going to happen with our studio and stuff like that and you know nothing wrong with it but when you're in a production you really just like all right i'm making this show and this is the only show that matters and you might not even know about other departments stuff like that but i wanted to so when i was talking to Ariel and seeing that you know he interacts with so many different departments because of course he's hiring for them he got to go off and represent nickelodeon and talk to more people that's when i realized oh i need to be in a more global position i also Surprise myself and I really do enjoy talking to people one-on-one, but I enjoy talking to people I miss that customer service aspect of like being a receptionist and being a barista and all that stuff I really I needed to tap back into being there for people wondering who they are. How can I help you get there? Um, Another reason why I like to network within my company is because when people do reach out to me and hear my story I like to share all the knowledge that I've gotten from all my other meetings. You know, I will tell you all the advice that I got from this VP and that recruiter and stuff like that. So I feel like networking for me is a way of collecting knowledge so then I can do the same for someone else. Again, you can't really do that when you're in a production. So that's how I saw recruiting as that opportunity to put all that together in a role. That is hmm. really good. Cool. <laughs> oh, I feel like I'm getting too deep with this. no, no that's great.
0: That's really good because you bring up yeah. a really good point because I'd never thought of it. Mm-hmm. That way. I always thought of recruiters are wonderful because they help all of us get jobs. Uh-huh. But it's, there's more to it than that. It's a lot more to it. It's the whole it. relationship aspect of it and just knowing mm-hmm. what's going on and what's coming down the pipeline. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, great.
2: yeah, yeah. I think and that's I always tell people jokingly but also seriously. Another reason why I like recruiting is because I am nosy and I like to know everything and <laughs> recruiters get to know everything like before other people so i have a lot of things in my head that i can't tell people but at least i know i know (laughs) and then something i'm like oh yeah i knew that already (laughs) i've
0: been about this for years so like the
2: kind of like nosy person that fits that as well
0: So listeners, if you're nosy, you yeah. also love to talk to people. Yeah, be- can- become a recruiter. <laughs> Very, it's yeah. great. All right. So then how did you become a recruiter for DreamWorks?
2: Well, I'm a recruiting coordinator, so I'm not a recruiter. Oh,
0: okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah,
2: but on What's, my way.
0: Actually, that yeah. up, I'll bring up another point of mm-hmm. what the difference because I did not know – I didn't know that, and I didn't know there was a difference.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, just kind of like any department, there's different stages to, to getting there. The recruiter is the one that's talking with the hiring team's And knowing what they're looking for and the one actually sourcing either through their network of people or with the applications online and finding those candidates, you know, and then they're the ones that roll out the deals once the team makes a decision. So the coordinator is the one supporting all that. Uh, And you as a coordinator, you actually get to be just as much a part of the process as the recruiter because you basically help the recruiter along the way with like all the in-between steps. So yeah, as a coordinator, I'm the one that will post all the positions online. I keep track of what positions we have and where they are in their different stages because the recruiters have so much going on. Um, I'm the one that gets to send out the offer letters, which is awesome. Like all the communications that you get through your email, I send that out, which I really love because... I kind of get the first thing, well, not maybe the second things. So, you know, the recruiter will give you the call so you have the job, and then I'm the one that sends you your letter. And so I get, oh, I'm so amazing, this is great. So you get this, like, that instant gratification from someone. So, yeah, that's what I do. I'm supporting uh, the recruiters. I'm learning about the business as much as possible, and then you just kind of move up from there. There's, like, associate recruiter and then full-on recruiter and then maybe manager. So there's just steps to the department. Fantastic. <laughs> so how did you become? How did I how did recruiting coordinator? Yes, <laughs> so, like I said, I was on the Loud House. knew I wasn't supposed to be there permanently, so I was networking and really got to know Ariel, and I told him, actually, I was like, I want to be your coordinator. <laughs> I was like, this is what I want to do. Because that worked for me on the Loud House. That's kind of how I got the job. I told people, they're like, so what do you want to do? I was like, well, I want to be a PA on the Loud House. And I said that to everyone. And then I became an EA, but, you know, same thing. I got a job in the Loud House. So I was like, this will work for a recruiter. So I was like, I met with Ariel several times. We sat down and went over portfolios, and, you know, he wanted to see if I had, like, an eye and what I had to say about portfolios. And then he introduced me to a few other recruiters in the business. I met one at like Cartoon Network, at Illumination, talked to the one at Sony. So again, lots of networking, lots of coffees and sitting down and talking to people. How I got the specific job that I have now though, um, my roommate actually who's looking for jobs in the entertainment industry, she saw this coordinator position at, at DreamWorks creative talent management coordinator or something like that. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but I'll look at it. And the job description was basically things that I wanted to do. So I applied for that. I got the interview, didn't get the job, but they liked me a lot. And so they actually recommended me for the job that I have now. I did interview for it. I met with the woman that I was supposed to support and then I met the manager. But yeah, I always tell that story because I let people know all interviews are good interviews in the sense that it's exposure. Even if you don't get the job that you really thought was the perfect job for you, uh, if you wow them or if you're genuine, they will keep you in mind. And so that's what happened to me, at least. They basically recommended me for this job, and I actually didn't have to interview as hard as other people have for the position because I came with a lot of recommendations. But, yeah, that's how I got this current job.
0: That's great. And yeah. you mentioned something before, too, how Ariel showed you portfolios. Mm-hmm. People. and I I imagine that's what you're doing now as well like helping them look at portfolios so was that something that right away you were able to look at and go oh yes this would totally fit with what the vision is for this show or is this something that's developed over time?
2: I don't really feel like I still have an eye I'm still working on that I definitely think I can tell at least at DreamWorks I'll say it because I never did anything fully for Nickelodeon but I feel like I have a sense of what would make it like what type of portfolio DreamWorks would want so I can kind of give a little bit of advice, but I honestly, I'm just going to be honest, I'm working on that myself, sitting down with the art recruiters now and we're looking at portfolios and just trying to get the lingo that they're using, trying to learn more of like the art lingo, like, you know, technique and all that stuff. And so that I, is not my strong suit. But recruiting for animation is not just the art, luckily. <laughs> there's production assistants we hire for and overhead, and there's tech positions because DreamWorks has the feature side that hire a lot of like computer science people. So for me, I, I'm just trying to learn it all. But the art aspect, yeah, I can't draw a stick figure, so I'm... Just learning, but I I love looking at the art. I think that's why I want to stay in animation. Um, that's why I knew I wanted to either work at for Ariel and Nickelodeon or work at DreamWorks or Disney or whatever. But I just always want to be around artists because you guys are amazing. I think what you do is magical, and I love the finished product. So being able to look at art all the time is gives me so much joy. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah.
0: So then. People always want to know. So, <laughs> oh, you, no. I already here. know what you're going to you ask. You already know we're gonna,
2: what you I going to ask? <laughs> All right, well, how do you get a job or something like that?
0: Oh, uh, well, maybe not. Okay. Kind of, kind of. It's a little, <laughs> not there like, yet. Good. Not, not quite yet. But I think even, bef- even pre-getting uh-huh. a job, what is a good way for someone to actually approach a recruiter or someone who's mm-hmm. in a hiring position mm-hmm. because I feel like from going to a lot of mixers and just hearing stories, we know what not to do. <laughs> like people, at least yeah. we would hope people would know. You <laughs> don't just go up to someone and say, "Hi, I need a job." Yeah. Or, Hi, nice to meet you. Here's my card. Yeah. Here's my resume. Here's my portfolio. You don't lead with yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I think people might know what not to do, but it's like, well, then what do I do? Mm-hmm. So, do you have any tips for people when they first meet you? Like you said, I'm just. How you have that first conversation.
2: I mean, obviously there's no like magical answer. I think two things come to my head. One is when you are at Mixers and your medium recruiters, I go back to just being genuine. I feel like a good way to interact with them is really just share your story, share your interests and ask a lot of questions about the business. I feel like recruiters, when they, when they meet someone and they've just had a really good time talking with them and, you know, as long as their portfolio is really strong, that's someone they will always keep in mind. But if you go up to them and like, this is, I can do this. And, you know, do you guys have this job? And, and you, know, how, you know, if you ask too many poignant questions towards just like getting work, they're probably not going to be as eager but if they're like oh yeah i met this girl angela she was super sweet we were talking about how much we love harry potter like that's the types of things that will like keep you in a recruiter's mind and if you are able to get their contact info it's never a bad thing to shoot them an email once in a while and just like hey you know hope things are going well i've updated my portfolio if you constantly email them and nothing's changed with your situation or you haven't given any type of new update Um, It might get a little redundant, but, you know, they definitely want to know that you're constantly working on your stuff. And so when you make improvements to your portfolio and things like that, you definitely want to drop them a line, not constantly, you know, maybe like once a month or even every other month, but definitely I would say that's a good way to keep in mind. Um, But when people ask me this type of question, I really, the only thing I like to do really is to kind of give you a sense of the recruitment process. I feel like if you understand what's happening to your portfolio and your applications once you hit that send button and it goes out into that magical internet, it at least give you some type of sense that it really is being looked at. But basically with recruiters, it can either go either way. A show will basically say we're looking for a color stylist and we need your help. And so we have recruiters and sourcers who will go out into the internet, either social media or on the position that we posted and we just look through these portfolios and you know we really do try to go through a lot of them and it's really about at least at DreamWorks I'll say it's really about the style of the show you know what we're seeing in your portfolio does it geared towards the style of the show that we're hiring for which you're not always going to know <laughs> what show you're applying to but that is just an honest explanation of what we're looking for is that, you know, we have a show about dragons. You know, are you drawing creatures? Is it kind of fanciful? Even if it's not creatures, is it kind of a fanciful look? And that's what we'll gravitate towards when we send portfolios to the team to evaluate. I feel as like I was going to say a second time, but oh, and then sometimes, honestly, a show will be looking for someone and they already know the people, you know, because. LA even if it's live action or animation is very relationship driven and so sometimes they'll have an opening and they already know who they at least want to like interview and things like that so not just getting to know recruiters but getting to know just as many people in the animation industry is a good thing you know when you meet an art director you know they're the ones also telling us who they want on their shows so it is a lot of networking it is a lot of who you know but it's also just like constantly working on your craft Constantly updating us that you really are working and searching for that next job or even that first job, and I don't know. I'm just one of those people that really believes if you're meant to do this, it it will happen. And just be genuine as possible. Does that answer the question? Does, I, I, I You know, yeah, I like. I wish great. I could tell you like, yeah, just do this and you get
0: a job. Oh, no, that's just, not
2: how it works. Yeah. But I just try to be as truthful as possible and encouraging as possible. <laughs>
0: that's good to hear. That's good to hear. I just want to know because. I mean, it helps all of us, and it helps the listeners, yeah. too, because I know when I was applying, you know, when Jeff was applying and mm-hmm. other people i have actually talked to Ariel about this and made him laugh, and he understands <laughs> people think this way, too. I think sometimes when you're looking for a job, especially when you're looking for your first job, mm-hmm. and you apply on the sites, sometimes it feels like it's going into that black hole. Yeah. It's going to the abyss, and mm-hmm. no one will ever see it again. And mm-hmm. so it's wonderful to have people like you and Ariel on the show mm-hmm. to show people, though there's people on the other side. Yeah. And they are seeing what you're doing, but there's more to it. Yeah. Like, it's not yeah. just, "Oh, they don't like me. My art stinks." That's not even necessarily what's going on. It's mm-hmm. like you said, "Does it fit with the style of the show?" Yeah. Do they already have someone in mind or Yeah. a million other reasons.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like you're saying, yeah, it's just know that your st- your portfolio will match your show one day and also the relationships that you're making as you go to mixers and, and having coffees and stuff like that, it will lead you to that, that right sh- job. I mean, everyone's saying it all the time. You know, it's a great time to be in animation. I mean, so much content is being made, especially with your streaming platform. So you just have to keep putting yourself out there. I also tell, especially with students, when they're asking about, you know, work in their portfolio and stuff like that, definitely when it comes to social media, follow people that are in the industry right now. And not just like the creators of shows and even like your art directors and supervising producers, but follow like the board artists that are on your favorite shows and your color stylists and background designers and look at the work that they're putting on their social media and try to make sure that your portfolio is is up to speed to what they're putting out there because they're the ones working, right? So if you look at your work, And it's not as technical as what you're seeing that they're putting out there. That's when you know you need to work on it. So I definitely want—I definitely tell people like really look at who's getting the work, and that should help you also work on your portfolio and your technique and stuff like that. So
1: how important (laughs) is social media and doing stuff beyond just working on portfolio, like Mm -hmm. putting something or having a gallery show or putting out a graphic novel? Mm -hmm. Uh, Do recruiters look at that stuff? Like when we put our Instagram link. Yeah. You know, oh. You yeah. Look at that. Or is that absolutely? Kind of we
2: actually at DreamWorks we have a dedicated person. She is part our art sourcer. and her job literally is to sit at the computer all day looking at Instagram, ArtStation, LinkedIn as well. You know, Twitter. Wherever you guys are putting all the art, that's her job is to go out there and just look and look and look. Every other week we have this meeting with development execs and then also with the LPS of shows. And we present artists that we found online. It's like, this person has become available. This is what their strengths are. So yeah, we you do need to be out there for sure. You know, it is getting tougher and tougher. And, and the more content you can put out there and more followers you have, that helps as well. I'm not saying you have to, you know, have a million followers of, mm-hmm. uh, or something like that. But yeah, having content out there online is, is going to be important. That's yeah. good. That
0: is good to know. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Just, I imagine like, Pictures of me at the beach. Yeah, you know, yeah. Elevator. That's all fine but it's, and lovely, yeah, but yeah,
2: exactly. So yeah, that's a lot more. of people, at least that I know, you know, in the studios, they have the two different accounts, you know, if you have your personal one, but having the art one, it's important. Very <laughs> so
0: good to know. So then what's going to be next for you? Are you planning on just gonna move up <laughs> the recruitment chain until yeah. and
2: recruiter joy? Like it's, it's funny actually change is already happening for me. I have a new title. So So I've learned that as much as I really want to be a recruiter recruiter I'm not sure if I will ever get that eye that we've been talking about and I've also learned that my going back to like What my strengths are is talking to people really finding out how I can help them get to what they want to be And so I've learned that the interns are the people that I gravitate towards, the production assistant, people trying to get that production assistant position is what I gravitate towards. And so just luckily for me, we've decided to take the internship program and make it just for television, because that's the business that I work for versus feature at DreamWorks. And so there's going to be two new positions, a university relations representative and coordinator, and I'm going to be that coordinator, or I am that coordinator. Actually, that as of Monday. <laughs> Thank oh, you. Yeah, okay. as of Monday, I'm the university relations coordinator. And so, it's still recruiting because I will be recruiting for the internship program, but then I'll also be managing it. And that doesn't mean I don't need to stop looking at art because those are the students that are coming. So that just means I need to up my, you know, my eye even more. But for me, it's definitely about Doing things like this, where I just tell my story, you know, give you all the information I can on like next steps you can take, and being in that uh, university relations space is where I I know I will give as much as I can and be able to help as many people. So that's what I'm working on now. <laughs> I'm still doing my regular duties and this one, so it's a bit of a challenge, but it's an exciting challenge because I really do know I'll be a re- like a full-on recruiter one day as well. I love the idea of department or show say, I need this role. And so I have to go out there, find the people, set up the interview, and be able to give the offer. Like That's exciting to me. But this is a really good step for me to learn recruiting from a different angle, but also stay in animation, which is what
0: I want to (laughs) do. Congratulations.
2: Yeah, thank you.
0: (laughs) So, and you might already be doing this, but Mm -hmm. will you be going Out to universities then and getting to actually talk to the students at different schools.
2: Yeah, yeah, that'll definitely be part of the job. I mean, since it's going to be a two-person department, uh, it's going to be both of us, you know, diving in. Um, The university rep will definitely be doing more traveling than I will. But, yeah, it's going to take both of us to get out there and really promote our internship program and just really promote DreamWorks TV as well. We really want people to get excited that we have so much content out there on whatever streaming service that people are watching. But yeah, I'm super excited. I'm one of those people that really likes to educate people on the business that I love, uh, and so I can't wait to actually go out to the schools and and talk to students.
0: Yeah, and I know people are gonna Mm -hmm. love it Y'all are killing it as far yeah. as programming goes. There's a lot of really great shows. Yeah,
2: yeah. And we want you know, and also part of it's just like letting students know that what they're working towards, that something will come out of it because we're we're there to educate them on how to bring them on over, and we'll be excited to have them.
0: That's great. So amongst all this working, you know, networking with people, uh-huh. working on your new job while also working on your previous job. Yeah. Together, do you have time for personal projects? Do you
2: have time to, to get to go? So i like, one day. One day. I wish I was a very exciting person. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I like do this on the side and I own this business and stuff like that. But no, I mean, honestly, what I do, am working towards pers- career wise is really what I focus on personally. I'm just one of those people that every weekend it's about checking in with friends, seeing how they're doing in life. So, you know, especially as an adult, you know, you. Barely see people and so I feel like that's really what I meant to do in this world if that sounds cheesy It's just like really checking with people. So that's what I do I just really focus on making sure people in my life that I care about are doing well And so I hang out with people and you know whenever I can I see like plays and stuff like that But I wish I I don't have like a hobby hobby, but yes This is what I do (laughs) when I have time is I'm just hanging out and getting to know more people
0: I would say that your hobby is relationships and checking. Yeah, probably. I think that's really what it is. is That's what I do.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I do. (laughs) Also, just lots of television watching. (laughs) Oh, what do you Well, actually,
0: we have a segment. Not to interrupt. Oh, Oh, yeah. Go with your question. Yeah, yeah. yeah, We have a segment on the show called "What We've Been Watching." What have you been watching? Oh, I
2: watch so much television. This is great. I know. I'm I'm in the right business because even if I wasn't in animation. I'd probably watch someone's tv so at least i have an excuse i actually recently i've been watching a lot of animation content like sadly i wasn't watching a lot of animation up until now i'm very into like comedies and dramas um, especially from like the bbc but recently i am so in love with the show on uh, trolls the beat goes on uh, which i honestly am saying not even just as a dreamworks employee but i love the movie and I hadn't had a chance to watch the show until recently and I was watching it this morning um, I also am really in love with the epic tales of captain underpants, which is a <laughs> DreamWorks show. I know But it really they're so funny. They're so funny. I love them so much and I'm super excited from my other shows not animated. Um, I was watching the good place this morning oh, so Yes, yeah, so that's great yeah, i watch watched so much television. I could go on and on. I'm just going to say those three things right now. <laughs>
0: those are all very good
2: things. Mm-hmm. Oh, I will say one other thing. I'm in love with the show Craig of the Creek. So oh, a non-Dreamer yeah. show, but also very, very cool. Very <laughs>
0: awesome. Yeah. What were you going to <laughs> Yeah, you are going to I was going
1: to say, well, uh, you watching TV and stuff like that, is mm-hmm. that what you do to relax? Because I'm always interested to see what people do to mentally just mm. de-stress and be healthy
2: that way yeah yeah oh yeah it's definitely i i am naturally an introvert which people don't always believe me i, I can go back and forth i could i should say because obviously as a recruiter you have to be pretty intro- extroverted um but yeah i'm very much an introvert and i do need alone time like in the bed not talking to anyone for a while and yeah i love storytelling i really 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 love storytelling i definitely get it from my mother If it's not television, I'm listening to a lot of NPR podcasts, most of all who are really storytelling-based, like This American Life and what else do I love? Oh, um, Snap Judgment. I love stories because they really inspire me. Like, I want to take whatever you've learned in your life and see what I can attach to mine and make me a better person. So if it's coming from a fictional story or a real story, um, yeah, I just love stories. (laughs)
1: This is the right issue
2: <laughs> Yes, exactly. We're in the right place.
1: <laughs> Do you see that as your end goal to produce these stories as a producer putting mm-hmm. an animated project together?
2: Definitely my 20 year old self. Yes, mm-hmm. that was my goal. That was that beginning point when I met, uh, you know, heard Chris Iyer telling his story about why he was a director. Mm-hmm. Not so much anymore. I realized when I was in the Loud House that I don't need to be part of the actual content. I just need to be part of the company that's making that content and making sure everyone that is on the content is happy. And so I really am excited. I've only been doing, you know, I've only been in the recruiting department for not even a full year and a half, but every day I'm like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So I definitely am not needing to be a content creator. But who knows, you know, maybe the inspiration will finally hit me one day later down the road. And I'm like, you know what? I've collected so many stories. Let's make this happen. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'll probably have some connections to make that happen. But no, right now, it's for me, it's about the people.
0: That <laughs> is wonderful. Well, Joy, mm-hmm. I always like to ask at the end of the show yeah, if you could go back in time oh, and tell younger Joy, <laughs> when you're a kid or when you're in college or grad school or in page program whatnot, if you could give her... Some words of wisdom or advice
2: what would you say that is a good question i definitely have some regrets in my life but even when i have those regrets i look at my life now and i'm like well clearly this was supposed to happen because so many random things i feel random led me to a really great life right now so i would just tell my old self and just like current self that like you're meant to be here like this is meant to happen And just keep going. I definitely have had a lot of moments where I'm like, oh, I could have done this. Or, you know, friends back home have this in their lives and I don't. But what I'm doing now is what I'm supposed to be doing. And in 20 years when I'm in like that ultimate position and, you know, I'm I'm enjoying even more, I'm like, okay, all these different points in my life led me to this and they were all important. So, yeah, that's what I would say.
0: (laughs) That's fantastic. Well, it has been... An absolute delight having <laughs> Thank you, on the show. you. Thank you so much for coming on today.
2: No problem. I've I've enjoyed this. <laughs> I really have. This is great.
0: You were fantastic. All
2: right.
0: Yeah, this was great. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you for coming on. And that concludes today's episode. Special thanks to Joy for being a wonderful guest. And make sure to check out the links to her sites in the show notes. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to leave a five star review in iTunes. All of your reviews help more and more people to find out about the show. And you can also support the show by visiting www.theanimatedjourney.com and clicking on the PayPal donation button. All of your donations help us to pay for the technical costs associated with hosting the show. And to find out more about the world of animation, make sure to check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash The Animated Journey. On Tumblr, the site is theanimatedjourney.tumblr.com And on Instagram and Twitter, the handle is at animjourney. And Jeff, where can people find you?
1: People can find me on Instagram at shootzee, S-H-O-O-T-Z-E-E, or on Twitter at jeffbot, J-E-F-B-O-T, or on my website, jeffbot.com. And where can people find you, Angela?
0: People can find me at my website at www.sketchysoul.com, on Tumblr, the site is sketchysoul.tumblr.com, and on Instagram, the handle is at Soul. So until next time, be encouraged and have a great day, everybody.